Welcome to Grow Jam, the podcast where two sisters try to develop and pitch a board game concept in under an hour. I'm Miriam. I'm Georgia. We're Big Crow Games, and you can find us at Big Crow Games on Twitter, or you can see some of our creations on our itch page at big-crow.itch.io. And uh, we are in a very balmy, hot uh, summer period here in the UK. Yeah, it's uh, it has been sunshiny, and I, for one, have been loving it. You are, are you a hot weather person? I feel like you generally are, but maybe not as much as me. I like it, um, but it definitely can get a bit much. And I work in a hospitality environment where it gets very busy, and there's lots of like you know, cooking and refrigerators kicking out heat and stuff. So Yeah, I did feel different about the heat when I worked at Domino's in a heat wave and got heat stroke. Oh dear, yeah. I don't not, know if Not the best. I don't know how, if we're going to reach that point, but yeah. But I mean, the, the summer itself is lovely and we've at least had a bit of a breeze. The one thing that's very disappointing is um, my allotment. I don't have access to running water and the well has run dry. So I've j- I'm just looking at the next two weeks of weather forecast being like, oh, all my plants are going to die. <laughs> oh, RIP to your plants. But I personally hope it stays extremely hot and dry for two weeks. I think that's less likely in Manchester, but not mm. impossible. <laughs> um. But the next two weeks have got several significant events for me, so I would love it to be hot and dry for all of those. Ah, yes. Exciting stuff. I know. I've got significant Um. events coming out the wazoo. Now, (laughs) (laughs) uh, what theme have you got planned for us for this first episode of August? Uh, The prompt that I have uh, come up with is break. Um, So, yep. One word. Several sort of possible directions or meanings. Yeah, it's got connotations. Was there anything that you sort of initially thought of? Um, okay, so there's uh, there's obviously the idea of breaking a game, a thing which, uh, you know, people will try to do if they're playtesting, um, you know, try to make the ways, uh, discover the ways in which the game is unbalanced or a rule won't work. Um, that's not necessarily a great mechanic to build a, a game idea around. But some games have kind of like game breaking in inverted commas kind of built in where you can build an engine that works sort of so well that you steamroller the whole game. Otherwise, like... there's, um, you know, just more more general like uh, break uh, as an action, there's break as a sort of um, you know taking a rest period, but also maybe like a prison break or. Mm. Uh, um... I was thinking of a lucky break. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Um, are there any? Is there sort of not officially related to the theme or anything? Is there anything you've been thinking about that? you would like to do on Crow Jam that we haven't either haven't done in a while or haven't done at all? Um, I, there are several things. I think it's tricky because the, the like game genres that we haven't touched are the ones that it is trickier for us to do in this like one hour format. But for example, we have not made um, a deck builder 
Um, this is true. And we do love card games. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, at this point, we've done we've done quite a lot of the other kinds of things uh, that I like because, as you know, I'm not necessarily about the heavier um, end of things. Like, I don't. I doubt we're going to make a four X. No, neither of us really like a Euro game. Although we have made a, a light Euro game on the podcast in Greenfinger yeah. Grove. Um, yeah. Well, what about you? What do you have any um, like inclinations about a thing that would be fun to do? I had some ideas. I'm not sure if they'd be fun to do, but just like ideas that went through my head, which is that I feel like, especially in recent months, because we've been doing our birthday specials. We've had a very, like, positive focus. So, Mm. like, we've really stuck to, like, here are the things that I really like. Here are, like, you know, themes and ideas and mechanics that really click with me. And would Mm. it be interesting to go back to something we did at Halloween and sort of start with something that, on paper, we don't like? (laughs) Make the Um, game that's going to break us. As a podcasting <laughs> duo and a pair of siblings. <laughs> oh man, the, the game's so contentious. I mean, that was Gossam and Possum, right? Like... <laughs> oh dear, that was a hard one. But I still think it's cool. Yeah, I mean, the the over there were some good ideas in it, but it was a fractious episode. And then the other thing that I had is way too silly and complex of an idea. But I was thinking about licensed board games, you know, board games with licensed properties. The reason Mm. I was thinking about this is because I was thinking about a game I've talked about before on the podcast, uh, Universal Monsters Horrified, Mm. which is based on the sort of Universal Monsters properties, so uh, Dracula, the Wolfman, the Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, It's a really nice game, and one of the things I like about it is that it, it was made by people who sort of love the thing, so it doesn't feel like a cheapo kind of crappy tie-in where you just Mm. slap the theme on an existing game. And obviously, I feel like we can't really use the podcast to do a licensed thing, so I was sort of imagining like like a bootlegged (laughs) licensed game where we sort of like, uh, you know how like a a Halloween costume will be like (laughs) Burger Clown. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Interesting. So like, so like that Mm. So, like, we choose one property and we we try and sort of, um, <laughs> like, scrub any names or recognisable features from it, but still keep the, va- the vague thing? Yeah, or we've... would the entire theme of the game be, like, knockoff stuff? Oh, that's also really fun. <laughs> very uh, uh, litigious, uh, you know, very <laughs> yeah. actionable. Uh, but <laughs> Well, not if we do a good enough job of filing off those serial numbers. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that was probably a bit too silly. Um, Um, There was just something that went through my head today. Okay, Um, well, we need to start actually thinking or brainstorming about break and maybe incorporating some of the other ideas and maybe not. Mm -hmm. Um, So what would be... I'm imagining, I guess, the, the, the two ideas that are that are like jump, jumping out at me is either some kind of um game where that you could get very like uh intensely overpowered at and break it in that way so like a deck builder or a, 
engine builder or something like that. Or I'm imagining a game that would be very like visual and, and tactile that would have actually like 3D components and where you like take something apart um, or something like that. Do you I like a... both of those ideas. I mean, I love... Well, I say I love deck building. What I actually mean is I love Slay the Spire. I wish this <laughs> wasn't true. I wish you had never told me about this game. Oh my I... god. No, it's, I recently re-downloaded eats. it for a bit when I had COVID. And um, uh, I am currently in a having it deleted period, but I don't know how long it's going to last. <laughs> I go. I definitely go through phases with it, but when I am in a phase with it, I am in it. And yeah, like I do love the way that that can come together and let you break it when you get like the right combination of things. I agree with you that that would be. I mean, we love to try and do something that would basically be impossible to do in the hour, but it would be really <laughs> flipping hard. I guess we could like pitch it in the hour. You know, we could have the idea. Mm. in the hour but I, we couldn't go much further than that so it yeah. depends whether we think that would be interesting enough for us to take on my immediate think... thought whenever you have two ideas is mm. por no los dos which is that <laughs> we we make a deck builder about breaking things it's a deck breaker uh-huh yeah um hmm. i'm not sure exactly how that would work but as soon as i said the word deck breaker just then i was imagining I, it did make me think that that could be something. Yeah, like, so this s- is a concept that I've sort of um, played with in the past. Um, it was actually um, prior to the the episode where we had madness as the prompt, and the idea was not so much breaking a deck, but like your deck getting sort of corrupted over time. Mm. Like um, there is also a uh, game called Abandon All Artichokes. Oh, I have seen this game, but I and don't know anything about deck it. Builder um or like a, it, it's a sort of card deck based game, but the idea of the game is you need to get rid of all the artichokes um in your in your deck so that you can draw a hand that has no artichokes and therefore win. Okay. Um that's qu- that's quite fun. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what would be a cool theme uh, to do a deck builder around? I think the thing I struggle with with deck builders is so often I find the theme sort of boring and not compelling and then I don't want to play it. Yeah, I agree. The most fun themed deck builder I've played, I've played it with you, is Fort. Yeah, it's a cool. It's got a really nice theme, but it actually sort of lacks the the satisfaction that you find because because you have the ability to like recruit cards and cards are constantly moving around. You never quite get up to that like real slick engine. Yeah, like that's a really enjoyable in a deck builder. Um, but I do love the theme of that. I mean, I when you said about breaking something apart there's also this kind of double meaning to engine right like an engine is like a system or or a set of interacting systems when you're playing a card game or something and then an engine is also you know a big mechanical thing that makes something go mm. so what if it was about like breaking down big mechanical things <laughs> what if you were kind of you know like scrap sort of um 
like what's the word I'm looking for? Like oh, you're like reclaiming scrappers. scrap. Yeah, your scrappers. Oh, okay, that's cool. So that's where um, your cards come from. Maybe it sounds like we might be starting to have an idea. Should I start yeah. the timer? I think we should start the timer. We've had a very long chat before the mm. uh, before the time went on. Before the time. Okay, went on, yeah. I while you're doing that, I I I'm gonna voice out loud something that's probably completely unworkable i like that idea that your cards would come from like breaking something down um and i was thinking it could be that the game sort of has two elements and that at the beginning of the game there's something in the center of the table that sort of performs some kind of function um or like as a when it is whole it it's doing something then maybe as you as you're taking cards from it it gets less good in some way. So, like, by augmenting your own deck and your own abilities, you're somehow causing something to happen in the, like, shared area of the game. Oh, it's a real resource exploitation game. <laughs> it's in the centre of the board, it's the planet Earth, and you're taking things out of it to, to, to oh, God, your own you're situation. Right. It's a tragedy of the commons game. Um, um, so I had an idea which might be completely flipping bonkers, but quite commonly, or I mean, I haven't played an absolute ton of tabletop deck builders, but I think it's not uncommon for a card to give you a choice, you know, like, on your turn, take this action or this action, right? Yeah. What if this was like a one-and-done game and you ripped up the cards? Okay. So, like... <laughs> When you choose one action, like you you gain a card in some way and then you have to choose which part of it you want and you like tear it in half and the other half goes to your opponent. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I mean, because it, it sticks with break. Yeah, I like that. And I mean, we could we could stick with like tying that into the sort of scrappers theme where like... You know, I don't know. There's some. There's like a gentleman's agreement in the among the scrappers that you always share your fines. Um, and maybe you know, like a card could have a damage function or a defense function or a healing function or a magic, but you mm -hmm. only get to pick one of those things, and then the other one becomes available. Um, and you actually have to sort of destroy the card to do it. So this could okay. this would I guess become a print and play so that it wasn't like insanely wasteful. Yeah. Um hmm. I I think that's a cool idea. And I think we should um sort of like stick a pin in it. Some, hash out some vague like ideas of what general mechanics within that would be and what they might look like without getting too attached to it so that yeah. we have the um the flexibility to leave it off because you were saying um so you were saying like damage defense etc yeah well, which is very boring i guess but i was sort of still in spire mode yeah what because if there's a way of winning this game then it's potentially um scoring points by like what 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 would be the aim of the game because it would be odd for there to be the sharing element and then everyone to also be fighting, I guess. Yeah, uh. I suppose that's true. I guess 
you could still have it. Maybe not. it's not damaged, but maybe it's, you know, like lightly screwing over one of your fellow players without being too harsh. What as we what are we doing as scrappers? Is it like as scrappers we're building mechs that fight, or is it like we just what we just selling, um, you know, the lead and, and getting the bucks? Okay, <laughs> so if it's a deck builder, then there does need to be some. There needs to be multiple strategies. Yeah, and That's... some element to which, like, the cards are helping us rather than just gaining us points. Yeah, so you yeah, you want like card interactions. I think it's fair to say that like in this hour we're probably not going to get this fully hashed out, but I think we could think about it. Like mm-hmm. could there be like it's a competitive game and it sort of goes without saying that when complete this would be like rigorously tested and balanced, but there was more than one way to be the most successful scrapper. Like okay, maybe you focus on like upvaluing the scraps that the scrap that you get so you maybe don't like obtain as much but you do a lot of sort of post finding work on it that increases its value or okay. you could just sort of develop systems that let you acquire more than anyone else mm-hmm. um so you're still yeah. sort of i guess working towards having the most or being mm-hmm. worth the most money or something but you've got multiple ways of doing it Okay, yeah. It could be it could be one of those deck builders where um it's just at the end of the game you're you're sort of there's some resource that counts as points that you're scoring as you play, but then at the end of the game you also add up points that are on each of the cards. I don't know if you've um played Ascension, but that that works in that way. I um, haven't played it, but it sounds good. I mean, yeah. so what are some other things that scrappers could be doing besides making money by selling scrap? Could they? I guess they could like improve a ship that they have and sort of become like a space taxi. And I quite like the um, building mechs that fight in a mech fighting ring. <laughs> yes, I like that too. So, are are the cards sort of like? Are the cards scrap themselves, like things that you salvage, but then you can use them to build sort of in in fiction, in the sort of abstract of the game, the cards can then be combined to do other things? Yeah, perhaps. And does that work with the tearing apart? Like, can you tear apart and then join parts? So... Yeah, I'm not sure. This this is making me think we could use something that's a bit like the um the fort mechanic wherein like a card has an action that you can do, but you can make that action more valuable by use it like discarding cards that match its suit or something. So that could be mm. one way that you could have cards being able to combine in a way that makes them more powerful together. Um but uh you know, but then then also being able to to combine with other cards, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make some sense. Obviously, that someone listening might not have played Fort. So in Fort, you can discard, like cards have suits, and when you take the action on your suit, some actions have a sort of multiplier 
that mean that if you discard multiple cards of the same suit, you can sort of take that action that many times. Um, mm-hmm. So you could potentially think of like categories of scrap and then use multiple cards that have the same category to take an action on your turn. And that could be like acquire resource or upgrade technology maybe you've got a little sort of tech tracker mm-hmm. um Ooh, it's already gotten to the point of sort of having enough um diff like sort of detail but in an abstract enough way that i i'm i feel like i'm a little it, bit lost is it you turning I mean? you off no it's i like it as an idea but i feel like in order for me to even stay being able to imagine what we're talking about, we would need to pin it down so much more, and I I don't know whether we can. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. What if we, like, stepped back a bit, kept some of the things we liked, and ditched some of the stuff that's going to make it too complicated? For example, I like the theme, and I'm semi-keen on the idea of a print-and-play where you rip things up. Mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be a deck builder it doesn't have to have like heavy theming it could be I know that you just print out a load of cards with different robots on them and some of the parts are good and some of them are broken and you rip them up and try and build a new robot okay um... like maybe maybe we just go simpler with it yeah I suppose I yeah that's that's totally doable and I there's an imaginary scenario I, I feel like this is going always going to work better as a three player game than a two player game like the if we're doing the thing where cards get ripped and then shared you you need to have an option about who you're giving it to I feel like or like if well, what if if you're always just taking the thing that's better for you and or giving the your opponent the thing that's worse for them in a two-player game that's not very interesting i guess what if it was kind of like um like two levels of scrap market so like a complete card has some greater cost to you but then Mm. the half of it that you don't take goes on like the scrap heap scrap heap and those are free to grab yes so So you can, I don't know, spend victory points or spend some in-game currency or something to uh, to acquire, you know, a complete robot carcass. You strip out the portion that you want and then you dispose of the portion you don't want. But maybe, you know, the, the portion you don't want could still be good or it could work towards what your opponent is trying to do. Maybe they either have a secret objective or they're the way they started has started to lead them in one direction. Like, you know, they've got most of the parts of a drilling robot and you've got most of the parts of a cage fighting robot, so... (laughs) Yeah, can we make this... Can we make the simplest version of this possible just so I can understand what's happening? Because this is where I... I know it's not great for the podcast, but this is where I always get stuck. Like, what's actually happening? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me try and describe, bearing in mind that this is still very loose in my head, let's try and describe a a turn as I would imagine it. Okay. You discard something 
that has some kind of in-game value, so it could be victory points or something, but you pay a price to acquire from a deck an unknown, complete robot carcass. This is like high-quality scrap that you're buying from a market. Okay. And this robot has the parts of... it's. It's got two parts, I guess. In the simplest possible version, it has a top half and a bottom half, or a left mm-hmm. half and a right half. Yeah. And one of those has energy drills, and one of those has high-performance thrusters. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, possibly because of an objective card you have, possibly because of something else, you are trying to build the fastest possible robot. So okay. you tear the card in half and take the thrusters and you put the energy drills into the scrap heap scrap heap which is like a market of free parts that any player can go for um so that your opponents now have that available to them and i guess if it's still there when your turn comes back around so do you okay um so you could um, maybe take a gamble on putting it in there? Yes. So the in this in this scenario, uh a card that you get is a robot, and then you are trying to build robots. I guess so, maybe the cards you get aren't they don't have to be robots. They could be like spaceships or matchy whisks. Yeah. I mean there's it's it's kind of the two options, like either uh, a, a full card is is a full robot, and you're rather than trying to make one great robot, you can make like multiple in in like a game set mascot kind of way. Yeah. Um, or it's a case of you're breaking down larger stuff and making. Um, but I suppose the yeah, we would need to work out how those cards themselves combine. Um. It, it well, would have to be quite specific, I feel like. If it's not a thing that works in a deck builder kind of way, it would almost have to be quite like mapped out. The Unless... Sim- the simplest possible way for it to work would be for it to be non-visual, but basically to be assessed at the end of the game as a deck. So after, say, a set number of turns... Everyone reveals what they have collected, which is their spaceship or their robot or whatever it is that you're building. Mm -hmm. And maybe they reveal their own objectives. And then there's maybe also other unknown objectives that have to do with the market that are revealed then as well. So you can score points on how well you've done what you set out to do. You set out Mm -hmm. to build the fastest robot. But then it turns out that the... um, so the I guess the card parts have like stats. Yeah. Uh, so it, if this is not a deck builder, then there's no. You don't use the cards after you get them. That's what there's would make no it a particular deck strategic element beyond just try, trying to get what you want. Yeah, is that boring? Uh no. I'm trying to think of a similar game where that's the case because I like. Like your suggestion of like laser drills and um and you know high performance thrusters or whatever, like there could be ways in which different parts um 
enhance how you play. If we were doing a deck builder thing, it would be like thrusters allow you to draw more cards on your turn. Mm. Um, or a drill uh, like lets you uh, look at two cards on the deck and, and choose one instead of just drawing one blind or things that, like that. That is um, more interesting. So maybe you're sort of doing both, like you're deciding when you get this scrap, do I put this directly into the spaceship I'm building or do I use it to try and get better parts? Yes. Then there's a bit more of a like an opportunity cost thing happening. Yes. And then one of the more interesting that's available could be like um you know like line ending uh one of your deck cards and moving it to your spaceship. Yeah. Um, but would and that could use your whole turn. So there's like yeah. a sort of secondary opportunity cost. Yeah. So I played a deck builder with a similar sort of idea recently called Valley of the Kings. And in that you're building a deck, but at the beginning of the day game you have the option once per turn to like entomb one of your cards. And the only things that count for points at the end of the game are cards that you've entombed. <laughs> so um and you can you can like build up your ability to entomb more things on your turn, or there are cards that can let you do that. Um, but that this sounds sort of like that, but instead of a, you know, being the person who dies with the most rich stuff, uh, you're the person who's made the coolest robot or spaceship. Yeah, and I think we could keep the earlier idea of you having objectives that are your objectives, and then maybe there's some public objectives and one private objective kind of representing like people things that you know people might want in the market and then the sort of unexpected big spender at the market who just really wants a robot with an amazing drill okay yeah so so like sort of a a decent percentage of the scoring would be just just points that um cards in your um final spaceship are worth yeah. But then th there would be some additional scoring available for, for different objectives. Yeah, for how it kind of scores on speed or weapons or drillability or uh, mm. other things of that sort. Do we want these to be spaceships or robots, Miriam? I feel like spaceships <laughs> are bigger. Yeah. I mean, the... unless we're talking about very big robots. <laughs> <laughs> My God, she's absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, it could be that we're scrapping spaceships and making robots, or indeed vice versa. Uh, yeah, I mean, I quite like the idea that it could be kind of funny and you're scrap scrapping, like, you know, kitchenware to make a mech. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, like, you could have some humorous bits in there. Yeah. Um, especially if there was a way that we could incorporate it a bit visually. Mm-hmm. Um well I will say that my preference is is mechs. I think mechs are cooler than spaceships. I'm not really a spaceship person and there's just more opportunity for if we were going to have like illustrations and stuff. You know, a spaceship can only look so many ways as Star Trek has taught us. <laughs> I mean, um, I respectfully disagree, but I am very cool with it being mechs and I do think that gives more options more interest mm -hmm. um, 
Now, do we want to think in terms of there being, like, different stats that the finished mech can have? Like, uh, I mean, we've obviously, we've been talking about, like, drills and thrusters and stuff, so, you know, speed. Uh, would these be things that sort of relate to the They would relate to objectives. point scoring, I okay. suppose. Um, but think... I'm wondering if it's something that we want to model as stats or something that we more want to model... Oh, I, I sort of had a thought about this that was half-formed and now it is zero-formed. <laughs> um, I think I'm cool with th- with things having stats, but I would say that they relate to the objectives and they don't relate to like other scoring. Does that make sense? Like... I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so, so that was... That, it, it would be like if there's an objective about having a fast robot, then ro- then cards that have a speed, uh, you know, like a plus speed stat are good. Yes. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to get at. The other thing that I was thinking about is about suits. Like, would there be different suits of card, you know, uh, like... I guess it could be themed after different types of part, or is that sort of solely happening in the the sort of features of whatever the thing is? I mean, what would suits do yeah. mechanically? Well, I guess they would relate to what you can do with the card if you're not putting it into your spaceship. Yeah, that, I agree with that. That's a fairly classic deck builder mechanic, but... I'd say we don't necessarily need to, at least in our discussion of it now, decide what suits are. We just need to decide what actions are. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it might make it a bit easier if we sort of think about them side to side with the proviso that, you know, nothing is final and we're doing this in an hour (laughs) for an audience of three. (laughs) (laughs) Um so, I mean, you talked about being able to look one card deeper in the pile, which I really like, and I liked that you linked that to the idea of drill. Uh, we talked about being able to go faster in some way, you know, take an extra action on your turn. Maybe you can sort of discard one of your speed stat cards in order to put two cards from your hand into your mech that round. Yeah. I mean, I think if we if if suits is a thing we're doing then we, we need to then the the I guess actions need to be relatively discrete. So like the things that a deck builder allows you to do, draw a new card this turn, take another like buy action this turn. Um, you know, like stash a card, i.e. like put it into your um engine this turn. Um I guess yeah, like and that and then there could be the option of having more of like looking deeper in the deck or whatever. Um Does that Do, make sense? That does make sense. Do we want there to be a hard number of cards that you can add to your mech? Or is it more like you can add as many as you want, but they might be lower value or do you mean per turn or just as overall? A whole thing? Like when when your mech is finished, does everyone's mech have eight cards in it, or could someone have three cards but they're all really good? Hmm. 
I I would say it would make more sense to me for it to be flexible. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I it I I don't know how we would achieve there being a maximum number. Well, one of the things you could do if you had a maximum number is then make it so that there was a kind of card you could use to swap something out. Like, or okay. to, to make an upgrade. Maybe even to, like, solder two cards together so that there's only eight slots, but you could have, like, two cards occupying one slot and you score both of them or something like that. Yeah. I, I think this possibly is in, in the realms of detail that's not... Okay, um, fair. Like... Uh, I don't know. I I can sense that our energies are going in different directions with the level of detail, and that is fine. I don't know. I want to. I I I guess I'm 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 as always. I I I'm more interested in understanding the game's mechanics than than sort of throwing lots of ideas out there at once. Um, this is why we make a good team. Because <laughs> I mean, the, the, yes, I, I, in a sense, I just feel like having a maximum number of cards is a is a possibility. But I don't. Um, uh, in a deck builder, it feels to me like it is a, at least having it more open ended, or perhaps there is a maximum, but it's quite a high maximum. Yeah, because I... you you want the if somebody wants to build a deck where they they're going for just the ability to to build a lot, you then you don't want that to be a limiting factor, I guess. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, so for example, it would be possible to play this game by never spending money on premium scrap, only ever picking up what your opponents are discarding and mm-hmm. just cramming all of that into your mech to basically make a big a big junker. And uh, when you say money, is there money or is it just cards allow you to have the action that allows you to go for the premium scrap? Yeah, I guess you must have to like discard a card. So maybe everyone starts with like some quantity. Maybe there's like a starting pair that you have that cover the four main actions. But you still have to tear them in half when you use one of the options. Yeah. Okay. Maybe so you start you... with... So let's imagine, for the sake of argument, this is not saying that this is what it would be. Let's say, apart from buying premium scrap, let's imagine that there are four other types of action. Mm-hmm. And you start with four cards. Each one has one half is one of the types of action and the other half is buy premium scrap. Okay. So you could yep. spend all of that and get, you know, in theory, four better cards. Or you could sort of start just picking up other people's scrap and taking actions. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Uh, okay, I'm cool with that. I think that's that's great. And then, some, you know, the cards that you can obtain uh, can can also have the option that allows you to get Premium scrap. Yes, now, exactly. The at the moment, I don't know if this is where you're at, but from from your description, the like premium scrap pile is actually um, 
hidden like it's um blind yeah it's blind yeah in in my mind it's blind or maybe there could maybe be like a a blind deck and then one face up one that's more expensive yeah i yes i think i i like that idea the the um yeah the it, the premium scrap is is worth a lot more in terms of like both points and I guess stats. If we're, if yeah. we're doing stats, it is. Um, I suppose the yeah, I I like that actually. Like that, it could be a strategy to always go for the the expensive stuff, but you don't know what you're getting. It would just need to be balanced. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, I had another thought that has also immediately slipped my brain, uh, so I'm assuming that that will come up. But yeah, the idea would be that you could either buy blind, but knowing it would be better than, likely to be better than what you have in your hand, take known trash, so... um you know, like, you've seen it, it's half of one of your opponent's cards, but it's, you know, not high value um, necessarily, but it could be useful to your objectives and it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, see, one of the things I like about tearing the cards in half is I do sort of like this idea that you could maybe solder later, you know, like, fix parts together when you're building your mech, maybe. The thing I was thinking of is that at the very start, we talked about this idea of kind of a gentleman's agreement or sharing. And Mm. I feel like more what I'm imagining is it's like you only have a certain amount of time. Like you can extract what you want, but you have to leave some of it. That's more the sort of fiction that I was imagining. And then that makes it possible if we want to, for you to be able to take vindictive actions against your opponents. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's something that we might want to to think about. Like, is that something we would want in the game for you to be able to, I don't know, like, destroy some part of your opponent's mech or steal a card from your opponent's hand or... Okay. I think that could be fun. I'm I'm thinking about, like, what those um, starting kinds of action could be. And I will say, like, I think these don't need to stay as, like, basic as they are we can mix up the wording on the cards so like um you know if you if you have a card that's in the suit that lets you like build a card from your deck into your mech there could be some stipulation on that like you uh choose a card that has a lower value than x or something or you know uh there could or choose a card of matching suit or what what have you there can be more specificity but the Action types that I have written down at the moment are so buy premium scrap, i.e. like take a card from the blind premium scrap scrap deck. Uh draw draw a number of cards, so basically augment your hand this turn. Um build a card, so uh transfer a card from your hand to your like mech that scores. Um swap a card, so it could that could be like swap a card from your hand with the cards that are in the like shared pile Mm -hmm. um from what i'm understanding at the moment taking cards from the the shared scrap pile of like other people's discarded halves is a free action 
Yeah, I took that to be a free action. So the other actions would require you to discard something from your hand yeah. to to enable you to do them. But if you just want to take someone else's trash, that's free. Yeah. So then, so we have premium scrap plus the three like action types I listed thus far. So the idea of having some kind of more like direct interaction action seems fun to me. Yeah, um, I th- I think I agree. Um, so there would yeah, like, can I just get your sense of what is on the table? So here's. I think- Oh, sorry. Just like, here are the components as I think we have described them. There is a regular shared deck of complete cards that are not premium, but that's, you would fill your hand up from that. Then there is the premium scrap deck, which has a cost to acquire, but is better than the regular stuff. Then there is maybe one face up premium piece which, like, people know what it is. And then there is also the the growing kind of trash pile. Yes. Um, that sounds right to me. The, the only thing is I hadn't actually um, uh, thought to imagine the, the ordinary... Yeah, um, that came to me while deck. you were talking, but it, it occurred to me that it was necessary. Like, everyone does need some access to you know if you're going to fill your hand for example Mm -hmm. unless the cards that you discarded for that were much higher value than take one if you see Um, what i mean uh discard for what sorry so hold on yeah i'm getting tied up in knots now so you talked about some action types and one of those was like acquire premium scrap and then the other one was like draw a certain number that's draw from from your deck is, right. is how I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually so the the ordinary scrap wouldn't be needed then. I no, was imagining I was a separate deck. It more like you have a starting deck. You know, right. like in in a lot of deck builders, you have a starting deck, and it's re- really basic stuff like it strikes and defense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. then, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I follow. I just was being goofy. No, it's okay. Yeah, um, I I wasn't actually sure whether you would need those basic cards either. But I think that building your deck um, just on the basis of stuff that other people have left on the trash and stuff that uh, you or other people have garnered from the premium scrap makes sense. Yeah, and then yeah, just having those basic cards to start off with, which we did describe. So I was imagining a really small number, which would all be in your hand at the start, but you could have slightly more than that if you wanted like so yeah. there would be like a draw and discard every turn so you only ever had like a portion of your deck in your hand yeah classic you know i mean it we, we could choose arbitrary numbers but it tends to be you start with 10 cards and always have five cards in your hand at the start yeah of your turn. that has certainly been my experience of deck building games but yeah you could start with eight and always have four or something like that yeah um, yeah, okay, that all okay. makes sense and works to me. And... That is cool. I think, um, yeah, it's still, it's, I, in theory, I think it still makes for a nice mix of strategies, although 
potentially it does skew towards like you sort of need to be able to sometimes buy premium scrap with your uh cards well um, one way that we could account for that is with these possible secret objective cards that we were thinking about you know like is that going to change the kind of approach you take if you're actually trying to build the cheapest robot or something <laughs> well i think uh, that's actually a fun idea but i i think in theory it's not too bad because i i'm still not quite sure whether you are tearing your card when you're gaining it or when you're playing it but as long as that still happens with premium scrap cards as well as like uh, ordinary base cards then there's still going to be a lot of stuff on the trash heap that is premium scrap yeah so i was imagining that it's when you gain it when you gain it you decide what part of it you want to be able to benefit from in future and then yeah. that half of it stays in your deck so basically you start with let's say eight complete cards but in your first hand any action you take then determines what half of that card you keep going forward yeah so then your um going on from there your deck will all be half cards oh my god so fun i like the idea of a deck builder where like your starting hand could really affect what your strategy is going forward yeah like um obviously if we've only got sort of four or or five um types of action that that um sort of variation is going to be limited but i do really like that so something that exists obviously it's very strong in spire but it also exists in fort and which might be interesting to think about this game because this game has such a like clear theme is the idea of different players having different like marginally different starting decks Mm-hmm. so it would i guess sort of be like six basic cards and then two unique cards that let you specialize in a particular direction and is that something cool. we think is interesting yeah i think that's that's um reasonably achievable it could either be that um they're just like slightly more valuable in some sense so rather than the one action being draw one extra card this turn it could be draw two extra cards this turn or they could they could be like more um detailed and and specialized like uh i don't know they could have like a a bit more specificity to them but or they could I mean, have bonuses that are to do with different kinds of objective maybe like you have a specialism in building fast robots or a knowledge of drills or something okay I don't yeah. know, like, it could could be something like that. Yeah, that sounds more like a power card, but then uh, I, as long as it's, like, clear on the card, it could be something like, you know, um, it, it could be something like if uh, you were buying premium scrap with that action, it could be like, buy premium scrap with this action, and if the thing you draw has sp- speed or whatever draw a new card this turn or something like that yeah it could even be uh and i guess this would be like hella op but would be quite exciting if you did get to do it uh obtain premium scrap tear it in half keep both halves Ooh, yeah 
but then obviously to use that ability like some cards in fort you have to destroy them after you destroy them like take them out of circulation after you use their ability so you could have like single use abilities where you've already discarded the other half of the card and then if you're going to use that ability you have to sort of lose a card from your deck yeah which could be advantageous i'm into this idea of now these these could be like specific starting cards for specific um like characters as it were or yeah. they could just be cool cards within the game. Or both. Yeah, I think it could be a bit of both. I was imagining something a bit more characterful because I'm, I can see some character in the theme. Like, yeah. I, I could see there being kind of like a character board or something that kind of gives you some kind of starting bonus, but everyone has one. And maybe it's maybe also public? One character who's like... Um, a sort of crazy old dude and he lives on the scrap heap so he gets to like draw more cards on his turn because he's there all night or whatever <laughs> yeah um, I love it so I, I just want to flag up that we have got 20 minutes left on the clock okay Um. so I think it might be a good time to review where we're up to and then transition seamlessly into sort of brand identity for this one yes um so I guess if I if I describe what I think we're looking at and you tell me whether we're on the same page, um, this is a uh, robot building scrapper themed uh, deck builder. Um, the uh, unique mechanic is that uh, every time you gain a card, it has sort of two halves with separate actions and you choose which half of that card you're going to keep. Um, we have the premium scrap deck we have uh the kind of trash heap which is where like discarded halves are put um and we have like standard starting decks of like eight or or ten cards um and uh there's various strategies within the game and various actions you can take and the idea is that you will score points only for a mech that you have created when the game ends by using a like build action to um uh either when you gain a card you you just put that card straight into your mech or you're using a build action to remove cards from your deck from your hand and put them into your mech yeah this describes it pretty much exactly as i had it in my mind it has raised a question for me which is that i feel we don't know when it ends yes uh, is it a set number of turns? Is it... I feel like a turn counter could be good, but it might be quite a lot of turns. Yeah. The two um, sort of uh, the, like options for this that I've seen is... So in Valley of the Kings, the game simply ends when the deck runs out. So in this case, it would be when the premium scrap deck runs out. It's depleted, yeah. Which uh, obviously it can lead to a situation where where like um, your deck gets a, a bit bloated. Um, there in Ascension, there is like a sort of resource pool, and the game finishes when that resource pool runs out. But we haven't we haven't like built any of that into the game so far. So I have a third uh, suggestion. Mm -hmm. 
what if the game ends when one player declares that their mech is finished? Then everyone who hasn't yet had a turn, everyone else gets one more turn. Okay. Uh, interesting. I, I, it sounds like you're saying that person gets to decide when their mech is finished. Yeah. That seems a bit... Like someone could just run away with it. Yeah, I mean, I guess that knowing that that's the strategy, it, it could turn into a bit of a free-for-all, but I don't know if I... I I think... I'm, I'm maybe not crazy about that, like, um, that, that sort of race element. Okay. It feels like if everybody knows that they have to run... I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, fair enough. We also talked about possibly having, like, the mech being kind of like a board with slots where cards can go, and maybe when everyone's board is filled, that could be the end. But I think that possibly encourages, like, dragging feet. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so, I, don't, I don't know. I Maybe just when the when the premium scrap's exhausted, then. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Or like a set number of turns, but that's just, I guess, slightly, there would have to be some sort of tracker or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, I, I, I like the idea of it being, because we're sort of discussed in the abstract, this idea of a market, you know, there's going to be buyers and they might have their own sort of particular wishes. Mm. Um, oh, we didn't dis- describe this in the in the recap but we think that each player will have their own objectives for their mech and then there might be some public shared objectives and maybe a secret public objective for the scoring at the end yeah to kind of add some some wrinkles so if the idea is that the sort of the big mech show is coming up and you have to finish by then okay yeah um so then that's a sort of like hard um, time limit, like a, a number of turns. Yeah. What if it was a hard time limit, like a number of minutes? <laughs> you just want to do that because that's different. That doesn't, it does not make it good necessarily. It might do. It might make it, a, it might make it snappier. It might make people play quickly. Uh, I don't know if it would, because it would just tragedy of the commons, right? Where, like, it's it's worth it to you to take some time on your turn, and you're just harming other people. All the turns are taking place simultaneously. No, that's bad. <laughs> Unless it's good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not... I'm, but that, I'm that not... would be a bit like Galaxy Truckers, I guess. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> I, so, I'm so gonna. The... I'm gonna put. I'm gonna actually next having a stupid minute limit. That does sound like it probably wouldn't. Um, All right, work, you can I... mix it without calling it stupid. Maybe this <laughs> Sorry, is the yeah. episode that breaks the podcast. I'm just bad at words. I was just struggling <laughs> with vocabulary. Um, okay, turn limit. Of, turn uh, limit as yet unspecified number of turns, but like generous, but not excessively generous. Yeah, I mean, I think that your idea of one person calling that their mech is finished could work. I, as with a lot of these things, like I, I slightly shied away from it initially because I was like, I saw problems it could cause. But as with everything we do, if you just thought about it and balanced it well, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there could be some other thing you could do. Because, like, it could be, like, a little bit of pushing your luck. Like, you look at your mech and you think, okay, I've just put in the highest value or best card I'm going to get. I'm calling it because I think I might be ahead of everyone. But if everyone who everyone else gets one more turn, they could maybe have been sitting on something that they just prioritise getting into their mech, maybe. Yeah. Like, it changes what they do next, I suppose. Yeah. It could... It could be a little... Anyway, we should move on to the the branding thingy. Yeah, so it ends for a reason. TBC. Um, <laughs> okay, so here are some ideas that I have. Mech deck. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe like Breakdown or Scrappers. I like all of these, uh, but not a lot. None of them are amazing. No. Mech deck, like the the rhyming of the two things, definitely has like mech, mech builder. <laughs> I mean, sure, I probably exist. I would take a hazard. Yeah, probably mech breaker. Uh, yeah, mech De- breaker is kind of a cool name. Deck like, breakers. Very... Sorry, what was that? Deck breakers. It a bit more describes the. Yeah what you're doing because you're literally sort of tearing up the cards yeah um this makes me think of the fact that there's a a deck building uh game called art deco but deco is spelt like with a k <laughs> this is pretty good i played a detective game in a box today called deck detective <laughs> oh yes we sell that um i like i like deck breakers um as well yeah. as because deck kind of has multiple implications, you know, the mm-hmm. recreation deck. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what about the the visual, the visual identity? I mean, I think we're sort of um, e- even if it's not the the universe that the fictional fiction of the game exists within the. Um, the aesthetic of the game has that sort of like post-apocalyptic kind of um, you know um, cyberpunk kind of uh, vibe, right? Like yeah. So because I was imagining this specifically as a print and play, I was seeing it in monochrome, black, white. You know, maybe some half tones. You definitely mm-hmm. want it to be something that people don't feel bad about tearing in half. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I was yeah i was seeing something yeah maybe with kind of we've done something like this before but with kind of like a zine aesthetic mm-hmm. um we've also done something like this before but maybe half of the card is black on white and half of the card is white on black to make it easier to distinguish between the two halves yeah um or maybe just like a dark dark gray and a light gray so it's not too stark i guess i don't know um yeah uh so yeah uh, and i was also seeing something that's really quite kind of like characterful and i mean you said cyberpunk but i'm seeing something a little bit more more on the punk side of that if you see what i mean you know kind of yeah. like space girls with undercuts you know quite <laughs> i'm the art i'm imagining is uh do you know jamie hewlett he does gorillas yeah. and tank girl and stuff like that like yeah, that's especially... basically what i was i would i was meaning i just 
I was looking for a thing that ended in punk and the other one was steampunk. <laughs> it's well it's I in fact I was imagining something arguably more steampunk than cyberpunk. But you Me also Me too in you the also sense have, that it has a lot of like mechanical that's a big part of the aesthetic is the like The term you might be looking for is diesel punk. Ah uh, yes, that's the one. So it's like it is space, it is mechanical but it's not super high tech. Like the high tech stuff is much rarer than you know just finding the motor from an old whisk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah, like it's you know it's it's cobbled together. It's duct tape. It's <laughs> you know um, messy welding. Like that's yeah. the energy. And then the actual visuals are you know very clear, black and white, very legible text just sort of simple illustrations that have like a lot of character and energy and sort of differing line weight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess like a printable booklet with a, a sort of fun cover and then lots and lots of cards that you cut out and stack up and then maybe, maybe individual character boards or individual character identities that give mm. you additional abilities. That's still up for debate, but could be fun. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I think you're right. I I I kept losing sight of the fact that it does need to be a print and play in order to not be well. No, I I <laughs> did as well because I was imagining something that looked a little bit more like Galaxy Truckers or whatever, which is not a game I particularly care for. I don't think it's mm. great, but like I'm on, yeah. Same. When I <laughs> when I think about a game with this theme, it's obviously sort of naturally where your mind goes. I was seeing something with quite a lot of blue and neon pink and stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess I was elsewhere. I was more. I was more like. Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> I feel like it should be mentioned if it hasn't already. Scrap heap challenge. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's being... it is scrap heap challenge. Like that's what <laughs> it is, and I, uh, you know. And that's that's where my mind was. I can't believe we haven't really mentioned it because I was thinking of Scrap Heap Challenge the entire time. Well, obviously. <laughs> and Robot Wars and all of that stuff, you know, that kind of like late 90s, early 2000s, kind of, you know, goofy, creative, but very much, you know, heavy machinery and a certain amount of danger. <laughs> um, uh... And yeah, it's kind of messy and you're all kind of, you know, dirty punks and... Uh, yeah. you're just trying to make a quick buck at the mech market the next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn, we made a cool game. We did. And we made a deck builder, which has sort of been on the bucket list. Yeah, um, I think this is definitely something that, like, with uh, care, could be, a, you know, one that would work. Um, yeah, it would need way more work than a lot of our other ideas to really get there. But I think because we set out kind of at the top of the hour saying we're not going to have the details, we're going to have the broad strokes, I think it helps to take that freedom with it. Sometimes we can get the game hammered out in 35 minutes. Sometimes we can have the outline, the sketch, and know roughly what the gameplay would be without going too far beyond that. What's What's our timer at? We've got five minutes. Okay. We've definitely um, used the hour a lot. We've used loads of time, actually. This has been a long record because we chatted for quite a long time before. Yeah, this is... I, this as To part the curtain a little bit, it was um, 
uh, like I, I suggested this prompt about five minutes before we we hit record, which we normally give ourselves a bit more time to sort of um, uh, get something you know, ruminate on the ideas. Well, I think we, with very little initial thinking, we really got there with something. I thought we were going to have to spec away from a deck builder. There was a point about 20 minutes in where it was like, oh, you know, a deck builder is biting off too much. Let's just walk yeah. it back to kind of a making things out of parts, sort of assemble a like beetle or something. Yeah, um, and then I brought it back. I was like, you know how I said we shouldn't do a deck builder? Let's do one. <laughs> and I'm really glad we did. And I, I think we ended up using break in several different ways yeah uh and making something that i'm really happy with i would love like i mean this would take a very long time especially with both of us having extremely busy schedules but this is something mm. i could see us getting on the itch page one day yeah and it's so <laughs> it's something that would be nice and easy to sort of make a very basic prototype of like, yeah um anyway we've got we've got a few minutes left would you like to um sum up the game okay (laughs) here i go this episode we designed a deck builder with a unique twist based on the idea that you are space punks working as scrappers uh building mechs to sell at an upcoming mech market the unique twist is that every time you add a card to your deck you have to choose one of its two functions, tear the card in half, and put the other function into a free pile for your opponents to potentially benefit from. So you can either add premium scrap, which is a full card which gives you choice but has a cost, or take trash, which is only half a card but is free and is known to you as well, it's not blind. With that, you are either going to try and gain more better scrap or put it into your mech to build the best possible mech. Uh, At the end of play, you are scored on a variety of factors, including the sort of individual component score and then bonuses awarded based on either private objectives that you've been working towards, trying to build the fastest robot, and also market objectives, which some of which are known in advance and some of which are a surprise, which makes scoring a little bit more exciting and maybe stops one player from running away with all of it. Uh, and yeah, that is the game. It's a print and play so that you don't feel bad about tearing the cards in half. And it has a kind of like DIY, diesel punk, kind of like tank girl, early tank girl inspired aesthetic. Is there anything I've missed? Uh, What was the name? Oh, it's called Deck Breakers. Nice. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this one's a banger. I get so flustered uh, sometimes, but yeah, then we do a really cool idea. Yeah, then we do it. This is (laughs) it. This is the thing that I wish I could say to you in the episodes, but I try not to, is I see you (laughs) getting flustered and I just, I want to say... Calm down, dude. We always do it. <laughs> no, I know. But then again, if I didn't pipe up sometimes and like... Oh, yeah, you got it. Try, try to put a break on... Because you love having ideas, but because you're always in a creative space and I haven't quite caught up to <laughs> imagining what you're imagining, you keep adding things. And I'm like, but wait, I didn't know what we were at before. 
<laughs> no, it's it's cool. I, this is, as I said in the episode, this is what makes us a good team. And also, yeah. Anyway, we don't need to go into the love fest at the end of the episode. Thank you for listening, listeners. Thank you for listening, listeners. Um, we appreciate each and every two of you. <laughs> um, by the time you listen to this, there will now be a video episode of Crow Jam on our YouTube channel, which I believe is um, Big Crow Games. It is. We uh, are Big Crow Games on YouTube, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and if we're not, I'll let you know and we can edit this episode. <laughs> We made a cool little, um, very abstract, science-based tile placement game. Um, so, yeah. yeah. All right. Have a lovely month to fortnight, everybody. And until next time, ta-ka! ta-ka!